Howdy, archery aficionados. How dare you? Welcome to the Hawkeye podcast (laughs) by the HBO boys. We are here today to discuss the first half of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Hawkeye series on Disney+, Plus. the last original Avenger to get a standalone piece of entertainment, and it is Hawkeye, which I think makes a lot of sense. He was the worst one by far. We have Chad and James here today. Uh, Say whatever you feel in this moment. I think that you're going to be overly critical and aggressive in the same way that James is to Cowboy Bebop. And I think what I should do every every time one of these mediocre Marvel show comes out, I should watch like a much worse show at the same time because like Hawkeye's looking great to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, what's happened to me is the exact opposite, James. Where I just watched Arcane, which mm-hmm. I feel is one of the best shows I've watched this year, and wow. then I watched Hawkeye, and I was like, oh, f- fuck. So, so you would recommend <laughs> Arcane? A hundred percent. Yeah, everyone should watch it. Not if, huh. if you know nothing about League of Legends or Riot in general, you, I think, will still get the exact amount out of the show as somebody who has been on Summoner's Rift for a thousand hours. It's it's really great. But that's uh, not what, what we're what here a, to talk what about a today. Review, yeah. <laughs> we're here to talk about Hawkeyes episodes one through three. This series has two directors. Well, actually, three. Reese Thomas does half of them. He uh, directed at SNL forever for a really long time. Did almost all of the um, remote bits at SNL that you, uh, if you like that show, know and love. And it's long overdue for him to get a shot at anything. Uh, The other directors are Bert and Birdie, a female writing directing duo who have previously worked on The Great on Hulu. And Kidding, the Jim Carrey show where he's sad. (laughs) The head writer slash showrunner's name is Jonathan Igla. He was a story editor on Mad Men, as well as a co-producer on Bridgerton, which is two things I like. So I heard you talking about the pedigree of Cowboy Bebop in your uh, show about that, and where that mm-hmm. pedigree is just like not the best. And this one, I would say, is I think hard to put a finger on. I think it's a bunch of people who are being given a shot to make something that is very high budget for the first time in their lives. And they're being handed, uh, who I would argue, just relative to the other Marvel characters, is one of the less interesting ones. I'm sure many of the people on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and on the Marvel forums uh, on Reddit disagree with me wholeheartedly. And you two might as well. I'm not so sure yet, but we'll figure it out. But it's just a lot of newbies who are getting their shot. Yeah, and I I think they're doing a pretty good job with it, actually. Watching these three episodes and then thinking back to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which, again, like, Chad and I savaged that show on the podcast (laughs) as we were watching it. But then, like, thinking back, I kind of had happy memories of, like, at least talking about it. It seems now, interestingly, I've, like, kind of flipped on this. I like these grounded ones better than, like, the highfalutin sci-fi fantasy shows. Like, early on in the first episode, they'd go to, like, Captain America the Musical, and, like, that shit was pretty funny, actually. Yeah, I liked that. It's just, it's interesting that you say, uh, because in the past, you've said, what's the point of any of this when we know that literal gods exist? Yeah. Yes. That's the thing that I say all the time. It's the Superman argument, and it's what I can't ever get past, which is why I went into Shang-Chi 
thinking that exact thing, went there with very low expectations, and then that movie blew me out of the water. I loved Shang-Chi to death. I want to watch it. I, I want to watch it for a third, fourth time. I just want to keep watching it. And wow. It's because that movie did what I think no piece of Marvel Entertainment has been able to do up till now, which is make a small story feel big, and then all of a sudden it is a big story that started from a small story, and you don't realize where in the story it happened. You just kind of get whiplashed with, oh, this is just good. Sweet. Yeah, we should do we should do a, a pod about about that because you're right. It it, it is an interesting uh, take on the Marvel formula, and I think that there's there's stuff to talk about for sure. Hawkeye is the Marvel Christmas special of this year. Next year will be Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas, and on top of that, it's also a vehicle for one of the world's biggest stars, currently Haley Steinfeld, to get into the MCU. She just voiced the lead in Arcane, by the way. Uh, and uh, she's also in Emily Dickinson, where she plays Emily Dickinson. She's also in Bumblebee, which sucks, but the world has seen it, so that's okay. This is Haley Stanfield, right? Yeah. She's also, Haley Stanfield is uh, the, the star of one of my favorite movies of all time, which is the Coen Brothers remake of True Grit. Yes. She's the little girl in that. So good. She's also Gwen Stacy in Into the Spider-Verse. So oh. so the, all these these great uh, show creators and performers are putting together this show, and it, it sounds like you guys have kind of a lukewarm feeling about it. Hawkeye? Yeah. Yes, I do. It's because Jeremy Renner is here to ruin it, but uh, <laughs> you know him from his Hot Ones appearance, which was awful. Uh, you know him as the madman flipping houses in LA and never shutting the fuck up about it. Also, we had an he's, app. And he's the star of the bad Born Identity movie. Well, the right, worst, he relatively, is. yeah. Yeah, he is. This show also has the juggernaut that is Vera Famiglia, who is bonkers good in everything she's ever done but this. This also has Aliqua Cox playing Maya Lopez slash Echo, who is going to get her own show in the future. So she has plot armor up the wazoo. Uh, she plays basically like Daredevil, but not blind, and she's deaf. We have uh, Fra Free, who you might know from Les Mis, who plays Make-A-Wish Kit Harrington. Oh, yeah. That was so yeah. distracting. Yeah, it was it? very <laughs> distracting. Yeah. Especially because Kid Harrington is now in the MCU. Right, right, right. Maybe this guy like, will find out that he's related to the uh, character. I haven't seen like, Eternals can, yet. We so. can't get Kit Harrington for this role because he's already going to be in the Eternals. All right. I have a guy who's like Kit Harrington, but his eyes are too far apart. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he has Anya Taylor Joy eyes, and we're in. I hated the Eternals, by the way. We got to do a Shang-Chi slash Eternals. I want to do like Shang-Chi versus Eternals. I think it's actually... Shang-Ternal. Yeah. Because yeah, everything that was bad about the Eternals was like good about Shang-Chi. Anyway, next three episodes, we'll get Florence Pug. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name. To reprise her role as Yelena Belova. I, I, I believe it's Pew. Pug? Pew. Pugie? Like Pepe Le Pew. Puger? Yeah, you got it. Got it. And we have Adam <laughs> Pascal from Rent as lead New Yorker number one. He, he, did you see the guy from Rent in the musical about Captain America? Yes, that was good. <laughs> I, I missed that. That's, that's hilarious, though. It's the best. What's, what's very funny about this, the Captain America musical is that like it's obviously supposed to be like really hacky and shitty musical, but like, of course, actual Marvel heads like like it unironically and are like, this should be a real musical. No. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's bad. The point is it's supposed to be so bad that it's sad if you like 
Hawkeye that Jeremy Renner has to sit through it. But I, on the other hand, I'm like, <laughs> you piece of shit. You have to sit through this. I, I liked it for that exact reason because I felt like his character was being tortured in a so, positive way. Wait, so Ryan, do you only dislike Hawkeye because you don't like Jeremy Renner, the actor? That's correct. Oh, that is. I thought you didn't like the character from the MCU. No, yeah. I have oh, okay. a large swath issue with the characters who have no superpowers in the MCU because they are mm-hmm. so overshadowed on a constant basis and their stories, I don't think, in the big... Like, in the Eternals... Uh, Chad. No, don't talk about the Eternals. But, so, but hold it, on, Jeremy Renner does have Take a Take off superpower. your headphones. Take off your goddamn headphones for five seconds. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Then I'm, I'm ruining not... the Eternals for you right now. No, so, I, okay, <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna take my headphones off. I'm going to give you two minutes. Go. So at the end of the Eternals, James, you know when that giant fucking celestial head is in the sky and yeah. the, uh, the uh, MCU becomes very different in that moment because mm-hmm. we're not dealing with deviance anymore. We're not dealing with... <sighs> Uh, whatever uh, how else you want to do we're dealing with straight up fucking gods yeah why do I care about Hawkeye <sighs> yeah. well yeah we were mentioning that earlier right and you know I, I I suppose not that I care but to play devil's advocate maybe the conversation is like well <laughs> even in that situation uh, you know the Ryan of that universe is still living his day to day life and, and having you know, uh, more grounded dramas, right? The world keeps turning, even if uh, uh, Thor and Zeus are in space fighting. And and so there's, you know, it, it's it's not like it erases everything else that's still happening. No, and, and Ant-Man is a good example of Paul Rudd is great. And when the writing backs him up, he can make a small story feel big. And I like him and I like it. But Jeremy Renner does not do the same for me. By the way, I think Chad just didn't go away and I ruined Eternals for him. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk expectations. I think mine are pretty clear. I went with with very low. Chad, come back. Chad. Chad. We're sorry. (laughs) Chad, (laughs) please come back. I'm back. Okay, Chad's back. Let's talk expectations. I'll go first. Mine were incredibly low. Because the character, I think, is overshadowed on a constant basis, and I hate the actor. So when I came in, I honestly, I was like kind of looking forward to it being better than I assume it could be, because I had so low expectations to begin with. What do you guys have on expectations? So I um, I came in kind of hopeful, I suppose, because I know that Hawkeye can be an interesting character in the comics. And um, and he's been so underplayed in the movies that I, I was kind of excited to see. He, he's he's interesting because he's a character that we know, but we know nothing about, aside from the fact that he has a family and he doesn't want to be a hero anymore. And I, it, it was just interesting to be able to take to kind of reinvent that character without having to reinvent him and like make him what he was in the comics. I, I don't know. I, I was hopeful. And and. I don't think the show has done a bad job. But before we get to James, I just want to point out, he does kind of have a superpower. He never misses. That That's a superpower. It's not. It, it is. It's not. Well, you know what a superhero, it's, you know it's, what a superpower it's is? A, super strength. It's a super that's ability. Super, not the same. Right. Super ability. Sure, fine. Super ability. But <laughs> I don't know. Tony, Tony Stark has no super abilities. I guess he's really smart. So Yeah. And, and Batman is very rich. Yeah. Well, that's a good, like, does Batman doesn't have 
doesn't have superpowers. He's just, he, but he is like a master martial artist. Yeah, right? you're right. And when you put him in a movie uh, like Batman versus Superman, he comes off as very, very useful. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he was not very useful in, in either version of the Justice League. No, uh, he wasn't. You know why? Because Superman's in it. I had no expectations for Hawkeye. I thought very little about it um, before watching it. And, and uh, I have not hated the experience of watching it. I actually liked episode three a little bit, but I don't yeah. know. As soon as, as soon as the episode's over, I'm done thinking about it until just now. <laughs> episode three definitely picked up a lot. Yeah. Fun fact, Hawkeye, this series is based on a comic book series mm-hmm. that dealt with Clint Barton in his off days from the Avengers, depicted him as like a hard luck, constantly beaten up. He's half awake, just like necking coffees and being made fun of by a character named Kate Bishop, who is played by Haley Seinfeld in this series. So let's talk about the actual show. The first episode is entitled Never Meet Your Heroes, which to be fair, if your hero is Jeremy Renner, that should be the case. Uh, We zoom in on young Kate Bishop's (laughs) life. (laughs) She's a young girl living in an opulent lifestyle who has at this time both a mother and a father who is still alive. She has a strained relationship with her mother and a strong one with her father, which is upsetting because this is the day that the aliens invade New York City and blow off a piece of her house, killing her father and opening a hole into the world, which she gets a front row seat to the Avengers fighting the aliens. And more specifically, she gets a seat to uh, an alien kind of flying straight at her and from afar, Hawkeye saving her life. Now, I'd argue Hawkeye is best seen from afar in no close-ups or tracking shots, just being 10 football fields away is the exact way I'd like to see the character Hawkeye. But what I'd also say is this opening was awesome. I loved it. I loved seeing what a regular, well, not to be fair, incredibly rich human being had to deal with, you know, <laughs> when an alien invasion was happening to New York City. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Little, a little slice of life. And to see everything from a different perspective, I, I, I like it. It uh, happened in, um, in Endgame too. We got to see um bleaker street with the uh, the ancient one during the attack anytime that you can see like a familiar scene from another angle i find it interesting it happens in back to the future too which is one of my favorite movies of all time so and it should have happened in the eternals where like in new york oh being God, no we already did this we already did this <laughs> chad i have a question for you have you read the hawkeye limited series that this show is inspired by no, and I almost picked it up before it, it uh, the show came out. We pay Chad a three hundred dollar a week retainer to, <laughs> yeah. to be up on these comic to books. Only buy the comic books so that we can say, "Have you read the comic?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, I know everything about that." Tell you what, I'll I'll read it for the next pod. Oh, sick! There you go. I'm actually incredibly <laughs> interested because I bet it's good. Yeah, I mean, there's and a reason why they picked it to adapt. Before we go on, I just want to say, uh, there's a big controversy right now because. The artist and the writer for that yeah. limited series, they get a thank you very much for the inspiration credit in the credits, but not any money from this. This is Ooh. this is a problem that's happening across the comic book industry. Uh, the argument is that they should be getting royalties for uh, all the repurposing of all their art assets. Um, there's a whole movement led by Neil Gaiman, I believe, to try to get 
um, these people some compensation for. Do they have a union? Their- like, I mean, the writers' strike in Hollywood very recently was something like exactly like this, where writers' work is now being syndicated outside of syndication deals on Netflix, Hulu, and whatever, and they weren't getting money for it. That's exactly what they were fighting, and then they got actually points on the back end through their strike. Is there a union for comic book writers? This is about to go to the Supreme Court, I believe. Really? Like the fact that like if I'm working for Marvel and I create a character totally on my own for use in a Marvel series, who owns that? I own it or because I'm under contract, does Marvel own it? (laughs) I assume according to Brett Kavanaugh, he owns it. And so (laughs) this may go to the Supreme Court or the, the theory that people have is that the people in this class action suit are just waiting for the big payout. Disney's just going to say, okay, drop this and here's $10 million for each of you. Scarlet one ish. That's true. Ish. But so, so it's going to the Supreme. So, I, I mean, it doesn't, it kind of depend on the terms of the contract. Cause if you, if you're an independent contractor and you produce something for an agency, the agency owns the work that you've done. Right. Well, I was going to say, so it has the, it's in federal court. I think it has the potentiality of going all the way to the Supreme Court. But like, so for example, Chad, if you make something, uh, you're in the field of graphic design and web design. If you make something in in the purpose of your job, who does that belong to? The company that I work for. Okay, not you. And therefore well, you use it basically till the end of time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> I think that's pretty much usually that's usually how it works. I think that's how it works here too. Yeah, his time is owned by them. I'm an employee as well. Owned. He sells his time. He's selling his time and they're buying it. Since they bought it, it's their <laughs> shit. Anyway, we then fast forward in time and Kate has been put into a school that requires her to not be at home. But she promptly gets kicked out of that school because she's an archer, like her hero. And she shoots down a bell that destroys a building. A building, by the way, that's a bell tower. And it's named Stain Tower, which I think is a tribute to the Iron Man villain Obadiah Obadiah Stain. Yeah, I noticed that, actually. Um, She's in college. Yeah, sure. And I don't think she can go back. Although she probably is going to go back because then she goes home and her mom's like, I can't believe I have to pay for an entire bell tower. Anyway, that will be easy. Like, Jesus, how much money do you fucking have? (laughs) You got bell tower money? Her her mom is is the the CEO or owner of a private military contracting firm, Mm -hmm. which like whether or not she turns out to be a a narratively a villain in this story that does <laughs> sounds like she's I evil that. she's evil inherently yeah <laughs> right <laughs> according to james he's 100 percent evil inherently but i throughout throughout the show i do think it's it's funny how like she's an employee of this company of her mom's company and she on her phone is able to just like bypass all laws and regulations yeah. and like track an individual's phone i hate that there's some hacker man like 1980s hacker man which i like it's cool in um kung fury but it's not cool here anyway she arrives home to a mother who's not mad as i previously said because she got bell tower money and now her mom is like well that happened and also by the way here's your new daddy and kate was 100 percent unaware and is not happy about as she is introduced to um her new to be stepfather she doesn't know yet that they're getting married but she's about to then they go to a gala of sorts oh you and <clears throat> she notices that her house is full of swords yeah stepdaddy is a sword boy and he brought them all to her house. Stepdad, he's the <laughs> the the Dosecki's most interesting man in the world. Like <laughs> mixed with Zorro. 
<laughs> no, is that Dozeski's? What is what is the interesting man in the world? It is. It's Dozeski's. Yeah, you Dos- got it right. Yeah, okay. You got it, yeah. Okay. One time I went to a restaurant a minute after he had left. So Oh, shit. <laughs> Pretty big That's stuff. Exciting. I think the proprietor of the restaurant was lying. Anyway. I don't always drink beer, but when I do. I drink it right after Ryan leaves. Yeah, I make sure. To, I make sure. <laughs> I, I make sure Ryan's not in the room. Right. So, yeah, Kate Bishop is having a bad time at the gala. And then we go across town to see Clint, a.k.a. Hawkeye, and his family, minus his wife, at an Avengers-style musical, which we've been talking about previously. And that musical, as we said, you know, is campy purposely. And it is a bummer for Clint because, like, he has to see the Natasha Romanoff character just dancing in front of him, which has to feel bad. Right. She's dancing and singing the lines of the song. It's like, I love being alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from this scene, we get the sense that Hawkeye is out of the game. He's retired. Also, like, Broadway producers, is it not too soon? Like... Tony and Natasha just died. <laughs> but do, that's a good question. Do we know when this takes place after Endgame? Because mm. I think like the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home takes place like eight months later or something like that. I would have to assume it's about that amount of time because what's about to happen is that Kate is going to wander her way into a black market auction where what they're auctioning off is stuff they just like found from the Avengers compound. Which, at the end of the previous Avengers movie, as you might recall, exploded. So, (laughs) uh, I assume it's uh, within the year. But also we learn that Hawkeye is now hard of hearing. Which is great, because we must work in the echo angle later. And he has some degree of successfully running away from the lifestyle of his past. So, he's basically out of the game. I liked that plot detail, though, because like, it, it does make sense. Like, okay, he's a normal guy, and he's exploding all the time. Yeah. Shouldn't there be some consequence to yes, that? Yes, I, yeah, I like that, I liked that little supercut. Yeah, I like the little supercut of all like the loud shit that he had to go through. Yeah, I mean, it's very obviously there because they're like, we got to work Echo in here somehow. But it is nice because it is based in reality where every one of them should have hearing aids. And He, he also right. does go deaf in the comics. That's nice. So he, okay. He's he's kind of like a, like a, a deaf icon. That retainer is really funny. working out for us now. He's uh he's he's <laughs> he's he's wearing a hearing aid and also learning sign language with his son. Which I, okay, narratively that's kind of a stretch, but I, I it makes sense why they do it. I think most people who wear hearing aids don't also learn ASL. But, well, and maybe he, he has like some degenerative issue, and he knows that he's going to okay. lose his hearing. Yeah. Yeah, and that comes up in episode three, which we'll talk about later. Uh, we go back to the gala, and as we said um, before the black market auction, Kate Bishop meets the father of her new stepdaddy. The minute you meet this dude, you're like, oh, that's the bad guy. This is some bad bad guy energy. And then, as we said, she goes into the auction. The auction then gets kind of blown to pieces by the tracksuit mafia, a Russian gang that all wears tracksuits. Great mafia. I'm joining. One of the best mafias. <laughs> I hope that, uh, what the fuck is his name? Noho Hank. I, know, I hope Noho Hank is involved. Part of the auction was the Ronin suit. The suit that Hawkeye used to wear when he would uh, viciously murder people during the snap days. And uh, Kate decides to don the suit and do some martial arts and kick some ass and take some names. So real quick, James, 
As a yeah. follow-up to our Injustice uh, episode, do you think that Ronan was validated by running around killing all the leaders of these, you know, murderous gangs? Uh, I mean... This is a perfect time for a morality conversation. It kind of depends on what the mafia dudes were doing. If they're just running numbers, maybe not. <laughs> but I guess if they're hurting innocent people and somehow, you know, the law is protecting them so they can't be... Is that's like what the Punisher's whole thing is that like he gets the guys that like the justice system can't for whatever reason. It, it really depends it, if they're if they're just selling bootleg cigarettes, then no. But uh, <laughs> okay. if they're, they're killing and torturing people, then maybe he can do whatever he wants. Nobody's life matters. Uh, <laughs> and that's Listen, I was listening to your injustice episode and I was just like, none of this matters. Just kill every... Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she escapes to her apartment after rescuing a stray dog who is the obvious star of the show. But putting on the suit ends up being a very bad idea because Ronin has many enemies and it subsequently gets her apartment burned to the ground. But she also gets to meet her idol in Hawkeye. So like, you know, pros and cons. Because Hawkeye then shows up when he sees the suit on the news and he's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> so all of the, the items in the um, auction were retrieved from the Avengers compound. Yeah. So like they just walked away from Somehow. the mess. Including Ronan's sword, which stepdaddy kind of just is like, I'm going to take this. <laughs> right. And then Pepper was just like, I'm not paying to clean this shit up. Just leave it. <laughs> right, right. And Clint's kids, previous to him leaving them and sending them home, they're like, are you going to be home for Christmas, daddy? And he was like, yeah, totally. But he shouldn't have done this. He should have just gone home. But he just doesn't have that in him. So he is going to be helping Kate Bishop out at least until he gets the suit back. And then he can bury it and then be retired once more. He's out of the game. At first, I was a little annoyed by this because, like, they kept the suit. The suit. Oh, it's about the suit. I got out of the suit. I got to get rid of the suit. Uh, oh, I feel so guilty about the suit. And I was like, this is the fucking shield from Falcon and the Winter Soldier again. Yeah. They're just going <laughs> to constantly non-stop talk about the suit and what it means. And they do that a little bit, but I guess uh, hopefully they're not going in that direction. But I did find that a little tiresome. What I did like, though, is that they're putting the emotional core of Hawkeye's character, like, front and center. I'm sad about my friend. I feel bad about the psycho shit I did after the snap. Not waiting until the very end, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, to like finally make that relevant. Right. But the suit's back, so I'm back in the game. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere around here, the episode ends, which is the absolute worst part of this series. They have not figured out how to do a cliffhanger ending for the life of them, and every episode just ends weirdly, like they don't want you to watch the next episode, which I would happily oblige, but we're doing a podcast about it, and also, at this point, I'm a completionist, but the endings are so... Abrupt. We, it's just like, and you're done. You know, what? What? Yeah. What? I got used to it by episode three. Like, when, when it ended on episode three, I, I knew it was about to end. I was like, oh, this is where they're going to end it. But it's it's always a little abrupt. It always feels like it's a little, a little cut off. Which, again, is a bummer, because I just watched a show that does endings perfectly. Actual perfection. Oh, and also, by the way, at some point, Stepdaddy's daddy gets stabbed, and we're pretty sure it's Stepdaddy because of a butterscotch, I guess. So do we think was it's it actually like, Wasn't it like an Armani butterscotch or something like that? 
it was it was a um, it, it was it a, a Gucci um, scotch. It, he uh, it was monogrammed. It had his initials on it. Okay. Yeah, just like pure evidence that he probably do, did it. Do do we think that it was the stepdad, or do you think that that's a misdirection? Um, I think. It's a misdirection based on what we see at the end of episode three. You know, I'm starting to think that the the mom is actually the villain and she's the one that's pushing forward in the relationship because there's something for her to gain. Oh, of course she is. Right. Also, she she's she runs a private military contracting firm, which is not exactly like the most chill job to have. Somewhere in the middle of the second episode after Kate's apartment gets burned to the ground, by the way, the tracksuit mafia has come back. They are fun. I hate them, but they're fun. Why do you hate them? Because I'm fun. Jeremy Renner's not a member of the tracksuit mafia. I know. In fact, they're hurting him. (laughs) They are hurting him. You should love them. That is positive. Listen, there were a few moments in this third episode where I was like, okay, all right, I'm fine with you a little bit. But before that, I was just like... What are you, their superpowers is the tracksuit? Who cares? Somewhere in there, Kate and Stepdaddy have a fencing match. And Kate is a very good fencer, state champion, future MCU hero. But Stepdaddy is a bit too good to not be like some sort of evil fencer or something. Yeah, he's the sword man, right, Jed? The, the sword man? Yeah, the sword he, man. Yeah, he's the sword man. He's the bad sword man. Bad sword man? I know this. You don't know this, but I know this. Apparently. You, he knows this about bad sword man? Yes, he's bad sword man. Is sword man the name of a villain? No, bad sword man. <laughs> Evil sword man. The worst sword man. But it, is, is he bad His name is not the man? sword man, but it's something like that. Right, it's the bad sword man. <laughs> okay. I know this. Jay, you don't even know the bad sword man? He doesn't even know I the villain? I, I don't know bad sword man. The bad sword man. Give me that $300 back. We also then get the worst scene in the show. And this is a scene that I'm sure people, I know people disagree with me because people were like jerking this scene off so hard on Reddit. And I don't understand that. Where Hawkeye sees that the Ronin suit has been taken by a firefighter who is a LARPer. So he goes to a Renaissance <laughs> forgot fair. About this. Yeah, I forgot this about this scene. Terrible. He, go, he goes to the fucking like Central Park to go to a LARPing event where he's then forced mm-hmm. to LARP and get the suit back from a firefighter after he like loses to him. And I think the idea behind the scene is just like, let's make Hawkeye do some regular ass bullshit and have social interaction with someone outside of his family and see how he does. But I have never pressed the go ahead 15 seconds button faster in my entire life. I LARPed once. I LARPed a bunch. Uh, uh, because Adam Columbia, our friend, can I That's right, yeah, him? yeah, yeah. He invited me to go LARPing. I went with him. Yeah. Oh, I've never been LARPing. Oh, you should have gone okay. with bad sword guy. Yeah. That was the character I was LARPing, actually. Then did anything else happen in the second episode I missed than other than, like, Kate and Clint saying quippy bullshit back to each other? They go to Kate's aunt's house, and then, uh, I'm going to call him Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye goes and finds the the tracksuit mafia to try to clear her name so he can go home. Because at this point, his only motivation is to try to make sure that she's not in any danger. He has the suit back. It's it's just to make sure that she's okay. So he goes there, gets caught on purpose. He, like, walks around with his bow and arrow basically saying hey i'm hawkeye i'm hawkeye and is about to clear her name is about to convince them that like like yeah look i got ronin yeah the suit yeah and then um and then she falls through the ceiling in an attempt to save him right and that is the end of episode two a through line by the way uh storyline in hawkeye is kate 
constantly telling Hawkeye that he has a branding problem, which felt like very breaking the fourth wall. Like oh, yeah. the MCU just fully understanding that he is just uh, the hardest character to make seem cool. No. Yeah. No, not make seem cool. If anything, they're acknowledging that they didn't portray the character properly. What did they do wrong, Mm. Chad? They they made him a background character. They made him Katniss Everdeen. She's the star. I think he's talking about the way he fights. The way he fights. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, she's like the star of a whole trilogy. I no, I understand that. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is he they even actually make a Katniss Everdeen joke in the show. They do. (laughs) He he's a background character. He he's like He's like the um, the hero that fills a space. And that's unfortunate for the character Hawkeye because people love Hawkeye. Hawkeye is a beloved character. There's a reason why he's been in the Avengers so long. It's because he's good. Right. And when there's a reason that, that his DC analog, the Green Arrow, doesn't spend a lot of time like standing next to Superman. Because right. like, what would the point be? Right. <laughs> yeah, and the MCU then like gets Spider-Man back from Sony and they're like who gives a shit about like so we got Spider-Man baby. Right. And then it's the it's the meme with Andy dropping the toys and being like I'm bored with this one. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we go to the third episode and it opens on a scene that I enjoyed, a Ketchita from Westworld has a daughter who is deaf and would go on to be super duper stabbed by Ronan and that gives Maya slash Echo a very good backstory of like you know not liking him very much because it does seem like I'm not a huge fan of the morality debate in any podcast that you that you guys were previously having but this was like I think a good example of you know I don't know what a Ketchita I don't know what his name was in this but he's a Ketchita from Westworld I don't know what he was doing but he seemed like a good guy but he was also in the mob, you know, wrong place, right. wrong time, wrong association. He gets stabbed just the same. Right. I mean, like Tony Soprano cares about his family, right? And he most likely gets shot at the end. I had feels. Um, I had feels in this part. Yeah. It and sucks. then also there's like a chubby white hand who is her uncle. And he's like, good job, Echo. And, and it's supposedly Kingpin. Yeah. yeah How dare say you we- say that now when we should definitely talk about it? At the you piece of shit. Anyway, Clint then tries to explain that Ronan is dead uh, when him and Kate are tied up and on like rocking chairs or rocking horse. What the fuck were those things called? Carnival. Anyway, uh, he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, Black Ronan's dead. Black Widow killed him," which is not exactly right. false. It's very much like Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he uh, rolls a deception check and gets a natural one. So Echo is like, that's bullshit. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. That extremely plausible explanation. I don't believe it. And in this moment, we learn that Echo is not their leader. She's just like a de facto leader that is kind of second in command to a guy who you previously just mentioned wearing a black suit. And I thought would step daddy for a second there. But I think that's the red herring that they're throwing out. And they are because I've read a few interviews today. It's a very like, hey, Andrew Garfield, are you in Spider-Man No Way Home? When they ask Vincent D'Onofrio, hey, man, are you in Hawkeye? He's like, no, definitely not. Yeah, he is. He totally is. That's (laughs) Kingpin. The name of the repair shop that they're in is called Fat Man Repairs. I saw that. Yeah. So I was like, there's no fat men there. (laughs) (laughs) There's one. 
and his name is Vincent D'Onofrio, playing Kingpin. He's not even that fat. He's like kind of fat. Kingpin, uh, only like, two percent. Like fat bastard. <laughs> from the from the 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 Spider-Man cartoon, we learned that um, Kingpin is only two percent fat, and the rest of his body is pure muscle. That's awesome. Okay. I love. He's that. just big boned, and then he he is usually followed by a bear hug. I'm excited for Kingpin to be in this show. I like anything that's. I don't know. It feels like a swing, it, not a huge swing, but some kind of swing. Yeah, and I'd I'd like to see Daredevil and the Punisher eventually make it into the MCU. Like they would be a good foil for Kate Bishop or Hawkeye or whatever. <laughs> so, do you want them to be the same versions of the character, or are you? satisfied with the same um i did really like the actors that played both of those characters in in, on netflix shows yeah but but do you want do you want it to be do you want there to be continuity between the netflix shows i I don't i I don't think they should i also but i wouldn't care only if it serves for this next piece of entertainment that they're in to be better if them changing it all makes it better then do it continuity be damned right yeah I would like them to take another shot at the Purple Man. I really like. I thought he was quite good in this. No, no, he he was very good, and that's why I want to see more of him. Okay. I don't know who that is. We also learn in this moment that the Echo sidekick guy, played by Les Miserables, Make a Wish, Kit Harrington, he works at the security firm, so that will probably come up later. Then there's a car chase that is good. I thought hated it. (laughs) You hated it? I thought it was great. Listen, yeah, the best too. thing that came out of that car chase was that there are different kinds of arrows, and one of them is a pim particle arrow. What the fuck? That was cool. Yeah, what didn't you like about that car chase? I think it was poorly shot. I think the quippy Marvel humor was lame. <laughs> poorly Between... shot. They did that. They did that that continuous spiraling camera thing. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool in Game of Thrones when I saw it. But like, I I don't know, man. I saw it in the trailer and was like, that's gonna be. You know what the worst part of it was? That Jeremy Renner was in it. I'm sure if he was um, Tom Hardy, oh I'd be like, God. "That was fine." <laughs> yeah, they need to they need to come out with like a maybe like a, some kind of AI filter for Disney Plus that'll just erase Jeremy Renner from the scene. You know, I saw a thing on the subreddit, the Marvel subreddit, where they were like, "The third episode is where Jeremy Renner's acting chops really get you." I'm like, Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Do they? No. What chops? What chops do we speak of? I don't know. I he, 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 I'm not saying he's like deserves to win an Academy Award, but like he's fine. Oh, listen. He he. he I know he's he a better like actor the than I am. Fun, <laughs> like he, like <laughs> if you took someone off the street, he's going to be better than them for sure. I just hate him as a person. You are weird. I know. Clint's hearing aids get destroyed in this moment, and then have to be like recreated. And because he in the past, he offends Echo when he is just like hard of hearing and not deaf because like, how dare he? <laughs> He's like, you shouldn't rely on a hearing aid. Yeah. Why not? Because okay. <laughs> she 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 saw well, because she saw her deafness as a strength. Yeah. It gave her a way to focus. And then after that, Kate and Clint break into her mommy's house trying to find. Uh, I mean, she she was basically hacker manning into her mother's security business's system. She gets blocked from that system very quickly. They have a great security at the security place because they're like, <laughs> that shit, whatever you're doing, should not be happening. And then Clint, at the end of the episode, gets a sword put to his neck by stepdaddy, I believe the Ronin sword. 
Yeah. And uh, best case scenario, he gets his head chopped off, but I just know it's not going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. And also, that guy shouldn't be, like, taking that sword out. And he stole mm-hmm. it. It's it's stolen. Right. And it was worth a lot of money and was also stolen before he bought it. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bad idea overall. It's just a real bad idea. Will Hawkeye be home for Christmas? Will that random tracksuit guy go to the Imagine Dragons concert he wants to go to? I actually really like that Aww. joke. That was good, yeah. By the way, the Imagine Dragons do the... called out by the MCU. Yeah, they do the opening song for Arcane, which is very interesting. (laughs) Connections. Wheels within wheels. Wheels and wheels. (laughs) Will Hawkeye wear a cool purple suit with an H on it like Kate wants him to to fix his branding issue as part of the very on-the-nose way that Hawkeye apparently... They underused him, I'll say. I'll stop saying that they made him suck. I do think that, but... Chad has convinced me that perhaps uh, they've just misused him. That's the problem. Only time will tell. P.S. By the way, this was supposed to be a movie. And Kevin Feige was like, how about we do a show? They should have just done a movie. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, my last piece of trivia I will say before we move on is Olivia Cook was like second in line. Before they knew they would have Haley Steinfeld, Olivia Cook was going to be Kate Bishop. Uh, but when she was passed over, it gave her the opportunity to take the, or one of the leads in House of the Dragon. So mm. that might be positive. I don't know. Will that be the right call? Uh, see. You know, probably. There's no way that I mean, doesn't in terms get of money, season. it's probably a push, right? Yeah, no, has to be. But I mean, Haley Steinfeld is probably signing an eight picture deal. Right? Like for the next three phases of the MCU. So I suppose it depends. There's no way House of the Dragon doesn't get a second season. But past that, it has to be good, I guess. I don't even know. Well, before we wrap, something I do want to talk about that was notable to me was the the nonstop, never-ending Christmas music soundtrack throughout these three episodes. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Die Hard is also a Christmas movie. They all, they you know they hit a lot of you know the Winter Wonderland, uh, Holly Jolly Christmas, Oh Tenenbaum, the Nutcracker Suite. I have the list of everything they've played so far here. Jingle <laughs> yeah. Bells, Oh Christmas Tree, right? The ones that you would expect. But then they also have a lot of like strange like B and C side Christmas songs that I've never heard before. <laughs> like uh, are they royalty free? Sweet Gingerbread Man. Nice. Christmas Island. Anybody know that one? <laughs> Christmas no. Island. Donde esta Santa Claus? Well, that one makes sense. That's just so, inclusive. What I'd like to do before we wrap here, I have a fun thing planned. It's a competition, you guys. You know, James, before we go into this competition, I do want to tell you just from like mm. one podcast host to another, one friend yeah. to another. I really do appreciate your new obsession with gamifying these podcasts. It does make <laughs> it a lot better. <laughs> so what we're going to do here, guys, I've compiled a list of 35 extremely common and prolific Christmas songs which have yet to appear in Hawkeye. And we are going to do a draft where we will take turns choosing the song we think will appear in the rest of the show, and whoever gets the most correct is the winner. Is this bingo? It's not bingo, it's a draft. So it's bingo. So who goes first? No. Well, who should go first? That's a good question. Alphabetically, it would be me. Yeah, but like, talent-wise, it would be me. In terms but of uh, Marvel trivia knowledge, sizedness, it would be me. Okay, how about this? <laughs> oh my god, just go first, James. No, no here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have a, I have a spinning the wheel, uh, thing open here. You know, a browser. James is nothing James. if not prepared. Ryan, mm. 
Spin the wheel. First, good to go in the draft order. It's... Yeah, I didn't think I cheated this. It's me. And then next to go... It's me again? Unreal. All right, so the order is going to be James, James, Chad, Ryan. God okay. damn it. Wait, wait. So the list that you sent are the ones that have already been featured? Yeah, and then scroll down. And then down. if you go scroll down to the next page, there's a, a, a list of ones which have yet to appear. <laughs> there's okay. been a lot of songs already. All right. Right. But, you know, some of these are pretty obvious. For example, I for my first pick, it's got to be I'll Be Home for Christmas. This is bullshit. That is happening 100%. Okay. Chad, your turn. Oh, geez. I'm looking at the list. I separated Santa Claus is coming into town into the normal version and then the Rock Springsteen version because I could imagine both of those appearing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, uh, for a stretch here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Okay, that God. does that does feel like a stretch. A huge stretch. I'm glad you did it. Okay, <laughs> and Ryan, your turn. First pick. Uh, my first pick is Joy to the World. Conan. Any strong. reason why? There's a big one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like you guys are leaving a lot of good stuff on the table here. I am definitely going with mm, Silent Night for sure. That's just an easy bit. I already feel like I'm winning. This. I'm you not familiar with Happy Christmas <laughs> War is Over. That's the uh, John Lennon. And so this is Christmas. And what have you done? Come on, Chad. How much money do I have to pay you to Another just do the whole thing? Yeah, hmm. You don't know that one, Chad? Whoa, whoa, Rocking around the Christmas tree. Because we know there there's going to be that, we know there's gonna be a scene uh, in Rockefeller Center. I agree with that picture. This is I think you Scott Stapp is doing it. Ryan is doing something else. Can I go again? No. No, it's Ryan's. There's no place like home for the holidays. Wrap it up. Yeah, narratively. That, that's, uh, that seems likely. Okay, how about you, Chad? Or no, it's, it's my turn. turn, my turn. My turn. Um, gotta be Last Christmas by Wham. Another, probably the best. Another classic. Did you say the best Christmas song? Yeah, I like it. Incorrect. And how about you, Chad? It's your next one. Christmas, don't be late. The Chipmunks. You think they're (laughs) gonna do the Chipmunks? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Oh boy, that is you. You've chosen Christmas, don't be late by the Chipmunks, and you're a mean one, Mister Grinch. If yep. you if you win this, you deserve you buy a lottery ticket. That's what I'm, I'm. I'm counting on it. I'm just showing my my superpower. Yeah, is it me down? It's your turn, right? Deck the halls. God, I'm gonna win. <laughs> For my next one, it's got to be "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Damn They're it! They're definitely gonna play like at least an orchestral version of this. Oh. Like I'm glad you're version. gonna be keeping track of this. I'm gonna be watching <laughs> Hawkeye now. This is gonna make the show better. <laughs> like like <laughs> when fucking like <clears throat> you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch comes on to be like, are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan throws his drink across the room. I'm gonna go with all I want for Christmas is you. See, that is what I would argue is the best Christmas song, but I think it'd be too expensive. Mm, yeah. for, for Disney? For Disney. Mariah is hard to move, dude. You can't get that. Yeah, Mar- Mariah don't come cheap. No, Mariah money is equivalent to Disney money. I'm going to take It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. Oh, and that, it's was also my, yeah, that was my next It's choice. also yeah, beginning yeah. to look a lot like Ryan coming home with the wind. <laughs> What the hell is night? It's the opposite of day. Oh, uh, silent yeah. night. <laughs> it's the time when the sun goes down. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so maybe it's cold outside. I don't because that song's been canceled. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's put the the song that is possibly about sexual abuse in the show. Well, the, Kelly Clarkson did a cover where they they changed the lyrics. Yeah, because it's, it's about it's sexual okay. abuse. Yeah, because it is about sexual abuse. Yeah. Oh, now we now we're kind of it's getting hard here. Hmm. I don't know. Well, a lot white of Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, White Christmas is a good next Ooh, good next pick. That's tubby. I'm gonna go with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh my god, Jen, what is wrong with you? You, you have so many spot. things wrong with you. Why why would you choose that? <laughs> <laughs> just wait, guys. You just wait. Okay, I'm waiting. I'll be waiting forever. Don't underestimate the campiness of the show. I'm gonna take Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so let's say we'll we'll pick two more each. I'm gonna go with a few that I think are probably pretty good bets, but I mean I will go Silent Night. Hmm. Hmm. Chad, your next bad pick. <laughs> Chad, I swear to God, I'm looking at one right now. I know you're. You think I want to say Frosty the Snowman? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I am thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, throw it on there. Put it on the board. Put it okay, on the board. Okay, snowman. I respect you a lot more than I did previously. <laughs> oh, man. I am going to do the Carol of the Bells, please. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. It's no okay, Frosty so the Snowman. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really going tough here on my last one. The first Noel seems good. So does Felice Navidad. Blue Christmas as well. Old Lang Syne, I don't they probably won't go to New Year's, right? I don't no. see them playing the little Saint no, Nick by the Beach this, Boys. No, this show ends with Kate Bishop in Clint Barton's house on Christmas Eve, right? Like, there's hijinks, and they got to get there in time, and it's like 11.59, right? That's what I'm feeling. You know what? This I think the show seem- ends with uh, Clint not being alive any longer. Oh, we can only hope, Chad. Okay, I I'm gonna go because they have been doing some international Christmas songs. I'm gonna go with Feliz Navidad, which is also a Christmas song I love. All right, Chad, your last pick. Run, run, Rudolph. Oh my! Okay. Home Alone. You're a madman. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, all of mine are gonna be are gonna play. You you know why? Because the they're next I- episode, <laughs> right? They're iconic. Yeah. I suppose so. Also, like, owned by other companies, not Disney. I'm going to go the <laughs> first Noel. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a safe bet. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think Chad has made better podcasting choices than I have. <laughs> but I just cannot gain. I cannot, like, shed the competitiveness in me. It's all about the show, Ryan. Now, do you guys, do you think six is enough? Because my only fear is that, like, they will play all of these and then lap this. <laughs> the uh the start playing them again yeah <laughs> i mean right, let's do one more just do one more one more one okay more. one more one more okay, okay then i'm gonna go with here comes santa claus mm. blue christmas mm. it's it's blue christmas okay, wow I, mean, I like that one <sighs> and i got four in a row that means i win right i believe so yeah, bango. I am you know what i i i've been I've, i haven't been very chill with my answers i'm just like trying to win and that's just not that ain't me that ain't me i'm i do things because they're funny i don't do things because i want to desperately win all the time (laughs) because that's my entire value that i assign to myself we're gonna go baby it's cold outside oh my gosh Honestly, I think Ryan should get two points if they play that. Yeah, <laughs> but not not if Frosty the Snowman is played. 
What if Frosty is singing Baby It's Cold Outside? Oh, shit. All right, so left on the board is uh, Santa Tell Me, Jingle Bell Rock, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, The 12 Days of Christmas, The John Lennon One, Let It Snow. Santa Claus is coming to town both Normal and Springsteen. Yeah, you know, I would have picked one of those if they were not separated. Yeah. Yeah. But I have I have a feeling they they might play both though. Is the thing <laughs> you 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 say the Springsteen rock version? I think it should just be called like the New Jersey version. Right. The Beach Boys are still on the board. Do they know it's Christmas? Which is like probably the worst Christmas song. Uh, Old Lang Syne, and then up on the housetop, another one I don't like. Mm, do they know it's Christmas and its spiritual successor? Are they sure it's Christmas? <laughs> they they act like they they think it's Christmas, but do they do they do they really get it? I don't think they know that it's Christmas. Okay, so I'll, whether or not I'm on the pod, I'll be monitoring uh, this betting pool, and and I'll update Ryan on the results as we go week to week. And why don't we say the the winner? Oh, the, shit. The, the two the two losers have to take the winner to lunch at some point in the future. James, you live on the other side of the world. Yeah, and so I love next this time bet. I'm in That's town after I win, you guys have to we go to lunch and you guys pay for me. Yeah, okay, but we're not going anywhere fancy. I'll tell you that right. We're going to right. Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Sure. That's oh fine. wait, so so the Dad's two losers pay. The, <laughs> not, well, <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian any any longer. But what? Yeah, he's chill now. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm normal now. <laughs> I'm normal now. I, I'm a. I'm an omnivore. Are uh, are so the two losers take the winner out? Lunch bet, baby. Yeah, we, the or three of us the go to lunch, loser, and the, the winner doesn't pay. Or does the loser pay for the other two? How about this? Oh, the person who comes in last. Yeah. How about this? Adam oh, wasn't so it's here a today. Adam pays for all of us. Yeah, Adam got none of these. Do we want to give Adam the rest? Yes. Yeah, give Adam I like. The ones I love we that. Didn't pick. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. How many and does he get? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 12. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He has twelve of them. <laughs> he's got twelve. We each have eight. He's got twelve. And he's learning yeah, this he right now. He does have an unfair. Advantage. But he didn't. He didn't get to pick. Yeah. <laughs> now, James, you also need to make a column for uh, songs that are oh, not on this? the list. Let's, yeah. Let's make. Um, let's 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 merge these. Sanic. Anyway, you do that while I do this. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening to the Hawkeye podcast first half of the season. We are going to be doing one episode a week from here on out just because that's how they're going to be dropping them. So we'll be back here next week doing Hawkeye episode four, Kingpin Returns. And thank you to our patrons, Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, Anthony Wells, James Wafai Dong, Atheist Unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brinkin, Dalen Westworld, Craig, John Juris, Major Woody, and Carolyn Dreyes. Today is 12-1. You'll be listening to this post that, but a new Nothing Star episode went out featuring G-Baby, our friend. Uh, there was one two weeks ago featuring James and Chad. That was really great. Wow. It came out awesome. So go listen to that as well. Uh, do people have anything to say before this is over? I'm gonna win this shit, and um, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do a three minute touchstone dance once I win. Uh, I uh, um, howdy, dream cowboys. I don't like that you did it right at the end. <laughs> if Adam wins with like, you know, the also rants, I'm gonna be really upset. Also, if he wins, <laughs> don't tell him about the lunch thing. Yeah. <laughs>